What's up, Internet? This is your boy, DJ Ben Amin, and we've got an awesome episode of Fan Bros headed up. But before we get to that, make sure you head over to fanbros.com. Check out all the great content there. Articles, reviews, podcasts. It's awesome. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. What's up, Internets? This is Chico Leo here with another Fan Bros special delivery. As it's the last week of 2014, I thought I'd take the space pod, uh, back in time, Superman style, fly around the earth backwards, and take a look at the last year in, I guess, just new new TV shows. Um, So I thought, I mean, this isn't really a best of list, but I thought uh, we got the best show early. Uh, Like a lot of critics, or maybe not a lot, um, but uh, I thought True Detective was definitely the show of the year. The everything about it, the directing, the acting, the writing. um, The only thing I can say about it is that it came on so quick and so hard. I mean, people were, it was getting rave reviews by like the second episode. I don't know that they're going to be able to replicate that again. And uh, they really set the bar high. Um, there were some people who felt that the the finale was a little quiet. I actually thought it was great. I thought it was earned. I thought the performances by both Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey were off the charts. Um, and just just in general, that was definitely, as far as all the new shows that premiered this year that I saw, um, True Detective is definitely number one. Uh, more recently, in the second half of the year, um, my number two show of the year, and then I'm going to stop the ranking, but um, number two show was The Nick, Steven Soderbergh's uh, show set in a hospital in New York City in 1900. The two main characters are a white doctor and a black doctor, and we do get to see all kinds of, uh, the hospital is located downtown and is set up to... Um, serve poor people, and then the people backing the hospital all live uptown. So we definitely get to see a good back and forth of sort of the uptown, downtown, and through the two doctors, um, black life and white life, probably more white life, being that all the other characters are also white. Well, not all of them, but um, there is uh, just just uh, re- really good stor- stories. The uh, both character, both doctors are based on real doctors that existed in New York, and the Knickerbocker Hospital that it's set in was definitely real. The characters are fictionalized, but there's some really really ill medical stuff. I mean, that's not even why you should see it, but it's not really for the squeamish. And um, as uh, you know, Steven Soderbergh is uh, you know was a movie director, and he came and directed all eight episodes of The Nick. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning that uh, the same director uh, directed every episode of True Detective, and um, she's not going to be on it next uh, next year. Um, it's it's a whole new True Detective is going to be a whole new new cast, new behind the scenes, new writer, new everything. Um, whereas the Nick will continue uh, with the same cast and same uh, director and writer. And um, a shout out to Cliff Martinez, who does the music. I normally don't like 
when music like present day music is used in movies or TV shows. And this dude, Cliff Martinez, uh, does some really great uh, electronic music that is not heavy in the show. Um, it's the the show can go long periods of time without music, but um, I just think he's doing a really good job. Um, anyway, so True Detective and the Nick are my uh, first and my my picks for one and two of the new shows of the year. Um, but there's a bunch of other shows that I thought worked, um, and in no particular order. Um, I thought it took a few episodes for me to really get into it, but I think The Flash has been consistently great since the Captain Cold episode. I think they're doing, they, they've captured the spirit of the comic, special effects are great, um, some of the characters took a little bit of time to grow on me, but they have, the same thing was the case with the Arrow uh, with Arrow, and I thought the second season of Arrow is one of the best seasons of TV in, in, in a while. Uh, the present day, present season is not as good as two, but, you know, there's been a lot of really good stuff. And shout out to the Flash Arrow crossover, which was uh, really worth the hype. I mean, it was really hyped up, and it was uh, it was a really great TV crossover. Could be the best TV crossover in the history of TV, um, seriously. Comics have been doing it for a long time, but, um, I mean, ever since the first time Batman appeared in Superman or Superman appeared in Batman, and that goes back certainly to the 40s, um, you know, TV, when they do crossovers, it just never really works. And uh, even as recently as when they the Buffy Angel crossovers, like they were cool, but they really felt a little forced and... It wasn't anywhere near. It was usually like one or two scenes in each show. Um, this, it was a total crossover with the casts. And um, they each went to each other's city. And it captured the spirit of those, those you know, the, your, your favorite comic uh, crossovers. Where one character goes to another, you know, for one issue. And then the other one goes to theirs for a nice two-parter. So, um, shout-outs to Flash. And shout-outs to the Flash Arrow uh, crossover. Um, earlier in the year, uh, when I heard they were doing a TV show based on Fargo, I was kind of like, that's ridiculous. Um, Fargo's not for everyone. It's a little slow. It's got its own sort of sensibility and pacing, but I thought it had some incredible performances and some incredible, uh, directing. I mean, some of the episodes I think were, you know, were, you know, on true detective, uh, level. Um, so if you like the movie Fargo and it did win the best picture, not that that necessarily means anything. Um, I, I would recommend Fargo. Um, let's see what else I really, really, uh, enjoyed. Uh, there were, there was a bunch of historical shows this year. Some worked for me, some didn't, but, uh, Manhattan, which is like on the WGN network, uh, was really incredible, and it's a show set in the Manhattan Project, which was the big, huge, huge, huge project to build the atomic bomb during World War II. Um, and that, and it, and and it's set in this really tense environment. Everyone lives out in the desert in Los Alamos in, in New Mexico. People don't even know where they are. The army is really super paranoid and secretive and breathing down people's throats. They don't know how long they're they're you know going to be there. 
Uh, the scientists' wives don't even know what, what the scientists are working on. There's a lot of stress. People are having affairs. There's espionage. People are getting killed. People are framing people. Uh, there's definitely, you know, it, 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 it really surprised me, A, because it was on this really, like, you know, off-brand network but b i you know they just they they turned something that i didn't nest that i i didn't necessarily think would be a, a gripping drama and um that one also has a lot of really really great performances in it um so i i would if if any of that interests you i would check out manhattan a couple of other historical things that did work for me um the long-awaited outland uh, it was really only long awaited because it was the show by uh, Ronald Moore, the guy who did Battlestar Galactica. Uh, this was his first new show that he was, you know, show running, and it's called Outland, and it's pretty straightforward. You can tell it's based a little on a, a historical romance series, but it's about a British nurse after World War II who ends up going back in time in Scotland to. Um, the early 18th century, like the 1700s during a rebellion and uprising there. And she's trying to get back to her own time. And she ends up, she's married, but she ends up falling in love with a uh, dope, you know, Scottish warrior dude. And this is all set against the backdrop of a rebellion that she knows historically, you know, is going to fail. And the people who've been helping her are the people who are going to do this uprising and she doesn't want to change history, but she doesn't want to see her new people, you know, get killed. So that, that's pretty good. Uh, you know, if you're into costume stuff, it's very much, you know, Europe and, 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 uh, I don't, I can't, yeah, I guess there are guns, but it's, it's a lot of sword fights and, you know, horseback riding and peasants and Lords and things like that. Um, Another historical, uh, and that that's on stars. Another historical thing that I thought worked pretty well was uh, AMC's Turn, Washington Spies, and that's just set it's set during the revolution, the American Revolution on Long Island, and has uh, it's just dope, you know, early spycraft stuff, um, you know, people writing messages on hard boiled eggs and then putting them back in the shell, that kind of thing. Um, Anyway, I, I actually, that, that was a pleasant surprise on AMC. AMC has had uh, more duds than hits lately. I, I don't know that this was a hit, but um, I thought it was really well acted. Shout out to, I had a super, super creepy villainous British soldier as the uh, main villain. And um, he he might be, uh, you know, uh, you know villain, villain of the, or certainly up for villain of the year. Um, so that's it for the uh, the historical stuff. Um, a show that actually had a little mini season early in the year, back in in uh, like January or February, was the One Hundred. I actually watched it when it was on Netflix, and um, I dug it. And I've been watching it the second season. Um, it's a CW show, and it suffers from some of the things the CW stuff suffer from, but it's a pretty great, um, setup where it's basically, you know, Hunger Games meets Battlestar Galactica, uh, with, uh, you know, some Lord of the Flies, um, 
there's a space station that's uh, circling Earth, and they need to. Uh, they're running out of air and supplies. There was a war 150 years ago on Earth, or 250 years ago, something yeah, something like that. And they they don't know if the Earth is still radioactive, so they send a hundred kids from the space station down to Earth, and you know they have to survive. And um, it's a lot better than than uh, After Earth. Is that the uh, the the show with J- the movie with Jaden Jaden Smith? Um, this has a similar setup, but there's a whole like the kids have to you know basically form a society, and there's obviously you know. The Earth is not empty, so um, it's pretty good. Second season has been good. It's it's got it's it's very plot heavy in the sense that a lot of stuff happens from episode to episode. I think that's a mark of a lot of CW shows. I actually did watch the first couple seasons of Vampire Di- Vampire Diaries, first two seasons. Um, in some ways, that show is probably better than True Blood, which I watched all the way through, but. Um, Anyway, the 100 was uh, was a good one, uh, good you know good news show because the first season was in the winter and then the second season had a uh, had like eight or nine episodes and then it ended um, last week I think uh, for its mid season hiatus. Um, in the world of comedy, um, I think Broad City was new also early in the year. I thought Broad City was great. I thought it showed the New York that, or the New York experience that Girls doesn't and is lacking. I do watch Girls. Um, I, you know, I have very, very strong mixed feelings about it, but I do watch it. Um, I really like Broad City. I recommend that. Um, I like uh, Black Jesus a lot. And people aren't talking about that. And I thought Aaron Magruder really delivered a... Well, basically, what's basically a Black Stoner show, which I don't think has existed on TV. And I thought it was better than, you know... I mean, most Stoner stuff is terrible. Um, like, 95% of Stoner movies and Stoner TV shows are really bad. Um, I thought this was really good. I thought it also worked on a whole other level of... Um, you know, working in the whole Jesus in Compton thing really well. And I give props to Aaron Magruder and the, um, and his writing staff. And I give props to Charlie Murphy, who I would also throw in there as villain of the year, TV villain of the year, who is the manager of the project that everyone, the, the development that everyone lives in or that most of the people live in on the show. Um, he's incredible. Dude who plays Jesus is really dope. So that's one to check out. Um, I also really liked Silicon Valley, which was new on um, HBO. I just thought that was really funny. I think there's one huge problem. They they, they sort of try to, uh, like, sort of shoehorn in a romance between the lead dude and a woman who works for, um, you know, the, the dude who's putting up the money. And, and, and that just is, is... There is zero chemistry there. I mean, enough that it needed to be called out. I thought the show was really funny. I thought it definitely poked a lot of uh, fun at a lot of a lot of Silicon Valley stuff. Um, it has you know a bunch of comedians in it. Anyway, that that was a good one. Um, so shows that I had issues with, um, some of which I will continue watching, 
and some of which I won't. Um, that's just, just I guess the way the way it is. Um, so Gotham, I gotta I gotta call out Gotham because I feel like on Fan Bros and just in general, I was really shouting it out and saying that, you know, um, it's not on the CW, it's on Fox, but I felt like oh. This could be like Arrow and they could really, you know, Batman is in a lot of ways one of the least interesting things about the Batman universe because Batman is always front and center. Even in the movies, it's been about the villains. You know, you think about the third one and you think of Bane. Think about the second one, you certainly think about, you know, the Joker. Um, so I thought showing, you know, how, how all these people got started and all that um you know would be really interesting it's interesting what works it surprises me and what doesn't work surprises me so the stuff that works i think alfred is dope i think um fish mooney is dope and of course the penguin is dope and those those three pretty much from the beginning beginning middle and end were great everything else was like mixed from eh to like cringeworthy um, I was genuinely surprised that they really couldn't get it together with Gordon and Harvey Bullock. I like both those actors. Um, honestly, I was surprised that Fish Mooney was as dope as she was because she's a, a you know a made up character, whereas all the others are you know you know canonical characters. Unless I could be wrong about that, Fish Mooney could have been a um, a Batman character, um, but. Yeah, I was genuinely surprised that they and and the stuff with Gordon and his girlfriend in Montoya. I mean, that stuff is awful. Um, a lot of people like the girl who played, you know, Cat who played, you know, the young Catwoman. I'm still not sold on her. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm not totally sold on the kid who plays Bruce Wayne. I'm not sure if it's the kid or if it's the writing. I thought I would be bothered by noticing some of the locations as being so clearly New York. It didn't bother me at all. I thought they did a really good job recreating Gotham. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm excited because they're getting into the Arkham Asylum stuff. I'd like to see them get into more of the characters. Uh, you know, uh, we, we've really, you know, we've seen a tiny bit of Poison Ivy. I mean, I'm psyched for when, you know, Edward Nigma loses his mind and becomes the Riddler. Um, I could see that being a whole season-long thing where, you know, they're after him and solving crimes here and there, but it's a whole season. Um, and that would that would be cool. So I'm, I'm definitely sticking with Gotham, but um, it, it, it has issues. Another one that I'm sticking with that we talked about um, that has issues is Penny Dreadful. I, uh, I thought the art direction was fantastic. I thought the cast was really good. Um, this was a Victorian sort of, um, you know, basically taking all the monsters, Frankenstein, Dracula, werewolf, uh, and putting them in with, like, characters like Oscar Wilde. Uh, you know, get, getting all, all these uh, Victorian characters and putting them in London in the days just after Jack the Ripper. Um, I thought it looked fantastic. It, it felt really, you know, like you were definitely getting your bang for your buck, but it was very cold. It was very cold. I didn't, um, I didn't, I really felt like I was on the outside looking in and there was, I guess, issues with the pacing. I'm definitely going to stick with it. Um, but, uh, if you like horror stuff, you know, check it out. Um, Helix 
was I think the first new show that premiered last year in, in early January. And I had higher I had high hopes. It sagged in the middle. Um, it's it's a, uh, an, a a zombie outbreak type thing happens in a lab, a secret lab in Antarctica, lab slash base. And a huge, insane uh, mythology is, you know, is unspooled involving possible aliens. And uh, it's definitely crazy. Doesn't totally hold together, but very stylish, very well shot. Um, Nice use of music. Um, It's another one of these shows that might suffer from having too many good looking scientists. But... um, I, I would uh, I I know I didn't actually watch Extant, but the Japanese actor who was in Forty Seven Ronin and Sunshine and was in Extant, he plays the guy who runs the base and he's really dope. You're never sure which you know if he's a good guy or a bad guy or a bad guy doing good things or a good guy doing bad things, um, and it looks really good. Um, so yeah, that that's Helix. Um, the Strain is a show that premiered this year that I think a lot of people liked. I didn't like it. I'm not going to go into all the reasons, but I am going to say that for me, Pacific Rim and The Strain was a one-two punch that Guillermo del Toro has actually been lowered on. Like, he's not, he's no longer on that, like, A-lit. Like, I still want to see, you know, what he does, but I feel like the, the, la- the last couple things he did were were I don't, I'm not gonna say no brainers that he fell down on and again the kaiju were really cool and the Jaegers were really cool in Pacific Rim but the the movie was boring and didn't it just seemed very cliche and didn't go anywhere the effects in the strain are fantastic involving the vampire zombie snake shooting things but everything else I you know just none none of it worked for me um, so yeah, Guillermo del Toro might be the biggest loser of, of 2014 for, uh, for me, for Chico Leo, you know, um, FX had a show called Tyrant that they advertised as being the godfather in the Middle East. This was a show that had a lot in a lot of Arab faces, a lot of Middle Eastern faces, some new, um, some you've seen before. Um, basically two brothers of a leader of a, of a fictitious Middle Eastern country. Um, one of them moved to America as soon as he turned 18 and like has a, he's a doctor and has a wife in the suburbs and kids. And the other one stayed there to become the heir apparent. Well, when the father dies, uh, the son comes back home for the first time and then gets enmeshed in all of the machinations about, you know, like, uh, you know, um, the, the, you know, who, who the next leader of the country is going to be. Uh, there's some stuff that really worked really well. And there's some stuff that didn't work really well. Um, they, uh, they didn't cast, I mean, the dude looks Arab, but they didn't cast an Arab dude in the lead. Um, there's definitely a lot of Middle Eastern actors. Um, and so that's cool. Um, but, um, I think some of the stuff early on that really hinges on the, the, the main character, he doesn't necessarily sell. And his family is terrible. So again, I'm going to watch the second season of Tyrant. You might want to check it out on, um, you know, on Netflix when it comes. 
Um, Star Wars Rebels was a pleasant surprise to me. That was, I believe, the first new Star Wars thing we've seen since Disney bought Star Wars. Um, you know, they've only shown like eight eight episodes. I definitely like the characters and I really like the setting. Um, the And the, you know, obviously the use of the Star Wars universe so far has been fantastic. The, the 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 only thing that uh that 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 smacks of any you know there's no Jar Jar Binks there's no annoying kid, the the guy who's the lead is is a kid who's now the Padawan of uh like a rogue Jedi, um and uh, the only thing that's annoying is that he has like a laser slingshot and I'm assuming they'll get rid of that at some point, um but I I think it's doing the Star Wars universe proud and is uh, certainly a great thing to watch while you're getting ready for the new film next year um i think like a lot of people i don't know if i i I was really psyched about cosmos and i watched it for a few episodes and then i just sort of you know gave up on it i um i'm not sure what it is um i feel like maybe it might be geared more for kids or families um but you know um it wasn't uh it wasn't as dope as i as i as i thought it might be um, and that's not to say if you're digging Cosmos or certainly if your kids are digging Cosmos. Um, I didn't see Extant. I still have the entire season of American Horror Story in my DVR. I haven't seen any of it. Um, oh, no, no, I guess, yeah, that's, uh, that doesn't matter. We're only talking about new shows. So I think that's it for new shows that I saw. Um, some shout outs to some shows in their second season. Uh, the Americans, I think, is really strong about Russian spies in uh, Living Among Us in Washington, D.C. during the Reagan years. Sleepy Hollow, I felt like had a little dip in the second season. I mean, it ended with a crazy bang. Uh, I don't believe that that bang is going to stay, you know, that that bell is going to stay rung. But um, yeah, Sleepy Hollow, something was, uh, something wasn't. They, I'm not sure what it was, but the second season didn't work as well as the first. Uh, Key and Peele, clearly the the best, um, you know, by I think by far, sketch comedy show on TV was had its second season. I don't really hear too many people talking about Key and Peele. I definitely think um, it's the 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 they're they're off the charts and they they do some really great stuff. Um, I I get the sense they make it feel like the budget is bigger than than it is. Um, 24 had, had came back from the dead and had like a half season, 24 live another day. Um, while it was certainly ridiculous to see Jack Bauer, you know, running around doing his thing again, uh, you know, I thought this one was better than, than the last several. So if you're, you know, if you're a 24 fan and you were on the fence and it comes on Netflix or whatever, check it out. Um, speaking of Netflix, um, I discovered Black Mirror and Marco Polo. Well, I didn't discover Marco Polo, but you know those were uh, those were uh, new things on Netflix that uh, I I thought were were definitely worthy of uh, shouting out to Fambros. So um, yeah, um, I, there there are a lot of shows that I missed literally in um, there's only so many hours in the day. And I might not have, uh, you know, sort of recalled in in this little, um, you know, trip down memory lane. But I've been taking the escape pod going around the earth uh, too many times now. So uh, just so that I don't get caught in the past, 
I'm going to stop talking. But um, yeah, happy holidays. Happy New Year. And, uh, you know, keep on keeping on. Keep on checking out Fambros and Fambros.com. Peace.